Welcome to the Christian Car Guy radio show, the talk show dedicated to helping Christians buy and sell cars by the book, not the blue book, not the orange book, but by God's book, the Bible. Call the Christian Car Guy with your questions, 1-866-34-TRUTH. That's 1-866-348-7884. What does being a Christian have to do with buying a car? You're about to find out. Here's your host, Robbie Dilmore. Why can't I sell my car? I know many have asked that question, and we need answers. Well, today on the Christian Car Guy Show, why can't you sell your car? <laughs> Maybe you're struggling, and we would love to help you out with that today. And you can call us at 866-348-7884. Or perhaps you find this easy, and you want to share your wisdom on how you sell your car yourself every time and how you can do it in just a week. Or even better. Maybe you have a testimony of how God worked this out for you in your life when you had a car you desperately needed to sell and you got a testimony of how God worked out. We would love to hear that. You call us 866-348-7884. Why can't I sell my car? Well, we have four easy mistakes to avoid today that I'm going to share. And fortunately, we have our very own Christian insurance guy because one of the things if you sell your own car that you may be concerned about is what about the insurance? Well, Bill's here to help us with some of those questions as well as other issues, right, Bill? Good morning. Glad everybody tuned in to hear us. We hope we'll have some calls this morning. Yeah. Uh, people that are trying to sell their car, they got that insurance question. Bill loves when I do this. Rate ripoffs, questionable quotes, deductible dilemma, adjuster fluster, Policy predicaments. You can call Pill today. You can call Bill today or Pill. <laughs> 866-348-7884. And it's the Jesus Labor Love Weekend. And we have a real need in the Jesus Labor Love for one thing. Our lead volunteer, Vic Hill, was taken this week to the hospital with kidney failure. So we definitely need to be praying for Vic. We're not going to have him on the phone, obviously. His assistant, Keith, is going to be with us. But that's a real, it's a real issue, and I was just, my heart was, um, I don't know, it just made my heart feel good. To, uh, I, I interacted with some of the folks that, that Vic had been working with that needed help, and when they heard what was going on with Vic, you could immediately see that their own concerns about their cars and things were nowhere near as big a deal as Vic's health. So we are going to hear, hear from Keith and some stuff going on with Jesus Labor Love, because it is that weekend, and if you're not familiar with what the Jesus Labor Love is, it's free car repair labor for single moms and widows. That's just the labor. The moms and widows or the families in crisis, as the case may be, they provide the parts at outlets that we have that uh, we arrange things with the Christian Car Guy Show. You can go to the ChristianCarGuy.com and there click on the uh, Jesus Labor Love uh, link to see those those first of all, how to get help, how to volunteer, all those things. But we're going to be talking about that in, uh, in when we have the, in our first segment with Keith Ward. And then uh, on track with Andy Bowersox. We've got that coming up at the bottom of the hour. Andy has an MRO, that's Motorsports Outreach Chaplain Lonnie Klaus. He's going to be here with us. He's live at the Charlotte Motor Speedway. And uh, you're going to love to hear from MRO what's going on there for 2014, the motorsports outreach, pretty cool stuff. And then coming up in our end of our show in our appraisal by the Real Black Book, that's where we search the Bible for hidden treasure, crowd for discernment, lift up our voice for understanding. If you've been frustrated selling your car in the past, hopefully 
Something in today's show will help you connect the dots, and you'll have that aha moment where you'll see something that you never saw before. Don't you just love that? I do. Well, it happened twice for me this week. <laughs> Not with selling my car, but with some familiar scriptures, John chapter 3, actually, and Acts chapter 2, and I'm going to share those aha, connect the dots moments in, out of those chapters here coming up at the end of the show in our appraisal by the Real Black Book. This is a live show. So today we are asking, why can't I sell my car? Maybe you're trying to sell your car and you want to get a free ad in there and, and tell people what you're selling. <laughs> or maybe you're struggling and you don't know why it's not selling. Call us 866-348-7884. Or perhaps you find this easy and you want to share the wisdom or even better, you have a testimony on how God worked that out in your life where you went to sell a car. Of course, we're going to be sharing our things that we think you can easily avoid and better ways to sell your car and how much money you can make. But you can call us 866-348-7884. And as always, you can find out all about these things at our website, christiancarguy.com. The four easy mistakes to avoid the Jesus labor love. As we mentioned, you can connect there to, to ask for help or volunteer or, or, or get in line with that. The on track with Andy site, Andy Bowersock's ministry energize, um, ministries where they've got the Pray for Your Pastor Tour going on with NASCAR this year. And, of course, throughout the show, you'll hear Karen Mulder's Wisdom of the Wounded come on in the commercials. That Actually, this is more of Wisdom of the Wounded, what to do in a funeral line and those kind of things. Her website's all there at christiancarguy.com, as well as podcasts, previous shows, all those kind of things. Well, in today's used car market, it's interesting, Bill. Yes, sir. That for years... Individuals sold way more used cars than did dealers, but that has changed. Over the last 10 years, we have seen it where it's slowly been creeping up. It used to be, that, like I said, individuals sold more used cars than dealers, but today it is 36% are sold by new car franchises, 33% by independent like CarMax and those kind of places. And then individuals are down to 30. It used to be nearly 40% of all the cars were sold by individuals. So the question you can't help but just wonder is what's going on with that? And you can't help but think a lot of folks are getting frustrated. They've tried to sell their car. They can't do it. They realize that there's probably a lot of savings there. And, and so we want to talk about that today on the Christian Car Guys show. It's my premise that as a used car dealer, they plan on making $2,000 to sell your car. That's the average profit a used car dealer is going to make. And that's after they fixed it up, put tires on it, <coughs> paid their salesman, and all that went on. <coughs> so is that not money that you could make if you could figure out how to sell your car yourself? So we want to help you out try to do that today. But first up, we got Steve is in Durham. He's got a car selling story for us. Steve, you're on the Christian Car Guy Show. Good morning. Good morning, Robbie. How are you today? I'm wonderful. I'm anxious to hear your story. Well, I've been fortunate enough to uh, uh, sell three of my uh, cars in the last 90 days. Wow. And uh, I'm, I'm not a dealer. I'm just I'm just a guy who had too many cars. And most of them sat around for a while. But I found that once I did a really good detailed job on them, wax, and clean, clean them up thoroughly, they all sold right right away after I cleaned them up and, and took fresh pictures of them looking good. Well, you hit right on one of my four easy things. <laughs> 
And that, that there's no, you know, used car dealers have known it for years. It's a great, great point, Steve. When you see a car on the front line of a used car lot, usually that's been cleaned up. You know, it's looking, it's looking great, as 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 good as they can possibly make that look. And they will pay people to do touch up work or whatever to get that great look. And I, that's there's nothing like a good detail job. Absolutely. And so you sold three in 90 days. Well, that's a great piece of advice. Great wisdom that you've shared already, Steve. God bless you. I appreciate you. Was there well, prayer involved in that, too? Pardon? Was there prayer involved, I'm wondering? Yes. Yes. <laughs> I, had, uh, I had prayed to sell these cars because I needed them to be gone. And uh, uh, the Lord intervened and, and found buyers, and uh, he took care of that for me. That's awesome. What did you do with the pictures? How did you promote them? Uh, I, I put all of my pictures on Craigslist. There you go. I'm a big believer in Craigslist. You can list for free. You can update regularly. You you know, you so, uh, uh, and people contact you, and they'll ask for specific pictures, and, and you can go in and change and add more pictures anytime you wish and update your, uh, you know, a good detailed uh, description also helps especially when, when you've uh, had recent uh, repairs and maintenance done. It's, it's the, the buyers like to know that uh, they're getting a car that's been well-maintained. That is so true, Steve. And the, and the thing about selling your own car that, that, again, you can do on Craigslist, and I love that. It, it, Craigslist has, has opened a whole new door, and even Auto Trader now have, have got a money-back guarantee trying to compete with them. But there's, it's so easy to do on Craigslist. I, I don't know how Auto Trader competes with that, really. But see, you know the story about your car. And so when you're telling people, I've had this car for how long, this is, and the legitimacy of hearing from the person that's owned the car, that, that there's no replacing that because that's actually the pedigree of, of the vehicle. Yes, it is. And so I love that you, that you took it upon yourself to do that over 90 days, sold three cars. So now what's the plan? Uh, to sell four more. <laughs> Going into the used car business, it sounds like. You sell four more. All right. Well, keep up the good work. When we come back, we'd love to hear your story. 866-348-7884. How do you sell your car? 866-34-TRUTH. Stay tuned. we got a lot more of that coming up on track with Andy, Jesus, Labor, Love. Oh, we got a whole mouthful today on the Christian Car Guy Show. Stay tuned. Have you been trying to sell your car and you thought it was mission impossible? Well, <laughs> we're here to help today on the Christian Car Guy Show. Why can't I sell my car? We've got four easy mistakes to avoid. And Steve called in from Durham with some great, great advice. And we would love to hear your wisdom or maybe your struggle or, or whatever you got to, that you want to share. Maybe you got a car you're trying to sell. 866 866- Three four eight seven eight eight four is the number to call in. We're trying to tell them what you know you've done that's been a success, or maybe you've done something that went really bad for you, and you want to share how that you know. However, you share wisdom. Sometimes we learn the hard way. You might share something that could save somebody a bunch of money. You call us eight six six three four eight seven eight eight four. Again, it's all at christiancarguy.com. 
the easy mistakes I was talking about, but we also have our good friend Bill Mixon, our Christian insurance guy with us here today. And Bill, one of the things that a lot of people mess up with is the insurance coverage when it comes to selling a car, because there's some things that you don't do want to do. And again, you know, some you don't want to do. What one conversation that just has blown me away for years is somebody will call up and they'll buy a new car. So they've gone from two cars to three cars and they say, take off, take off that car because I'm going to try and sell it. I said, you're going to try to sell it yourself? Yeah. So you want me to take off a car that you're going to let people you don't even know get in and drive around? Says, well, I don't want to pay for insurance on three cars. I said, now, now hear me again. You, you're going to let people drive off in your car and you have no idea how good a driver they are? Says, well, if they have a problem, it's their fault. Well, that may be, but their insurance isn't responsible. Your insurance is responsible. Oh, well, maybe I should keep the insurance on that. Yeah, there are cases where that's a really good time to add the comprehensive own for that two or three week period that you're trying to sell that car. And it's a good time to make sure that you know who it is you're letting drive it. Robbie and I were having a discussion about somebody coming up and saying, I want to take your car for a drive. And Robbie made a really good observation about not wanting to ride around with them because you don't know who they are. But on the other hand, I'd like to be able to catch up with them because if I call the police and the police say, well, who was it you let test drive your car? I want to be able to say something better than just John Smith. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and and having sold cars for well over 35, I don't even know how many years I sold cars. But here's the thing. The only time I've ever been scared in my life is on a test drive. As far as selling a car to somebody, the part I got scared was the way that they were driving at times. And I said, there's an easy way to avoid that. Don't go. And, and, and so when I sell cars and when I sell cars at the dealership, it was a common practice that obviously you would get a copy of somebody's driver's license or you want to know who they are and have identification and, and feel good about the person before you give them the car. But there's no reason to go with them on a test drive if that's the part of the progress, part of the sale that scares you is just simply say, here you go, go drive it, check it out. And, and that's a great way to show trust. If you got a mechanic or somebody want to check this car out, take it to them and, 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 and let them see for themselves what's going on with that. Now I'd get the driver's license and I'd take a picture of it with my phone. That's an idea too. So I, you know, those are things, but I know that for years that, you know, this is how we did it. And, and, and it works out really well. Now, I did work at a dealership one time, and I do have to tell this a little bit of a funny story, that if you let a customer drive a car without you being in the car, you were automatically fired. It was at Crown Oldsmobile, which is no longer in existence in Charlotte. And it was right next to, at the time, Friendly Dodge. And this poor salesman one day, this customer jumped in the car, and he took off riding, and this guy's name was Dennis Helms, and he was chasing him down in the Pillance Boulevard because he knew he was going <laughs> to lose his job. And he came back to the showroom, and he was all dejected. And he had this look on his face, and Johnny White was a general sales manager. He looked at him, and he goes, Dennis, you did everything wrong, but you were friendly. <laughs> and friendly is where you're going to be, because Friendly Dodge was right next door. And he said, that friendly is where you're going to be working tomorrow. You're working tomorrow. <laughs> so those are all part of the issues. But we do have some other neat information we want to share on pricing and those kind of things. We're going to get to those in a minute. But we got to talk about our Jesus labor love. That's the free car repair labor for single moms and widows. We just we are hoping that we get people to supply the labor 
and then the, the, the families in crisis, the single moms and widows provide the parks. And we got Keith Ward. He's our lead volunteer since Vic is in the hospital with kidney failure. Please be praying for Vic because he is, he is really struggling. I got an email from his wife, Edith, last night, and it, it's really pretty scary. But, Keith, it's great to have you on with us today. Good morning. Good to be here. And Keith is up in Pennsylvania. Isn't that where you moved to? I did. I did. <laughs> and you're up there helping us with, all over the country with these different things. And DNL Automotive's helped us out in Charlotte this week. And it's amazing the stories that come in, Keith. Was there one that touched your heart recently? You know, uh, a lot of them do, Robbie. Um, you know, we're, we're getting people that have a need and don't have the resources. And, and it's such a pleasure to be able to connect them with the guys that are, are volunteers and give their time uh, and uh, just just help them out. You know, it's a little bit. Uh, the ones that really touch me are the ones we, we can't do much for, unfortunately. You know, we get some that just have bigger problems than uh, we can handle or the guys can handle. And, and that's the tough ones. But, uh, you know, it's, it's just great to, to be able to help somebody out. You know, these guys that are the providers just have such a good heart and are, are great guys, and, and I'm thankful for them. They really, really are. And, again, if, if you're looking in a market that you're listening to the Christian Car Guy show, if you go to christiancarguy.com and you click on the Labor Love page, you're going to see all these people listed. Well, if you're going to pay to get your car repaired, think about it. These guys are donating labor to this. They're probably pretty good guys, people you can trust with your car, if you know that they're providing this um, labor for people that are in need. And so we always like to – promote that for the people that are that are out there volunteering their labor for single moms widows and families in crisis would be a great place for you to consider you know if you're in that market thinking where do i need to get my car fixed but i had a lady call me this week or she she actually called me after the show last week she got my phone number off the website and she had no internet access and she was in missouri southern missouri and keith i gotta tell you it 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 was a widow. She'd lost her son about 10 years ago. And somebody in Salt Lake City had contacted her. See, we don't have a radio station that carries us in southern Missouri. And so she had been contacted by somebody in Salt Lake City to tell her to contact our ministry. I mean, that's how things get together. And if you could have heard her story and the hope she still had and the fact that in God, in spite of how things had, had gone against her in life, it's an amazing thing to hear the hope that's in the voice of these folks, isn't it? It, it is. It is. And, and, you know, this is more than just fixing cars. It is getting in touch with people, you know, and trying to help them out, just hearing their stories and sharing the love of God. And that is, to me, just a huge part of it, is, is when we get to make those phone calls and, and hear their story, and so often... They're just thankful that somebody was on that somebody cared. Somebody that we may not be able to help them in every case, like you said, Keith, but somebody cares out there. And so we need you to consider helping us be a volunteer with a Jesus Labor Love, a prayer partner, or maybe you can help call these repair centers. You can go to ChristianCarGuy.com, get a hold of us. We got so much more Christian Car Guy show coming up. We're gonna be on track with Andy, and we still gotta get to these four easy mistakes to avoid. Stay tuned. We got so much coming up. Little GTO, you really look and Three deuces and a four speed and a 389. 
Now, if you happen to have a GTO, I'm thinking you can sell that. <laughs> Without too much, well, unless you're asking way too much, which gets to the situation. Why can't I sell my car? That's what we're talking about today on the Christian Car Guy Show. If you're struggling or you got a great testimony, we'd love to hear from you. But we gotta we got to move on and give you some of what we're talking about here. The first and the most common mistake, I feel like, is in the pricing. And... Uh, as I mentioned, when I see people that have been frustrated selling their car, quite often they have a very enlarged idea of what they should be able to get to it. But there's a really easy solution for this. And thank goodness for CarMax and so many different other retailers out there these days that offer to buy your car. So since we know that the average used car dealer is going to make somewhere around $2,000 on your car, and we also know that CarMax will buy anybody's car. And there's several used car dealers that will do that. If you know somebody in your area, if you don't have a CarMax, but if you have a CarMax, it's easy. Go to CarMax and ask them, how much will you give me for your car? They will give you a written guarantee for seven days on how much they'll give you for your car. Well, guess what? You now know the baseline of the least you should be able to take for your car, but you also know that CarMax is probably going to mark that up about $2,500, $3,000 when they go to sell it. So you, if they told you your car's worth twelve, they'll be give you $12,000 for it. Well, you're pretty safe to go out and price it at fifteen five or something like that. Plus, you know, if you don't sell it in a reasonable amount of time after that, you can go to CarMax and, and sell it. So pricing with that kind of option out there, sure, you got Kelly Blue Book and Black Book and all those things. But I don't know how reliable all those are because there's so many other factors in determining the value of a car. And it's worth what somebody will pay for it. But quite often, if you go to an expert like that, they, they see in the market every day. They understand what fuel economy is doing. They understand colors. They understand a lot of things that no Kelly Blue Book or any book can really look at your car and tell you. And so when you go into somebody like that to pricing, it's really, really helpful. The second of the four, and I'm going to do the, four, second, the other four after on track with Andy, is poor advertising. And uh, <laughs> I have a really cute picture at christiancarguy.com. You want to take a look at this Subaru Legacy somebody was advertising. But when you look at the car immediately, you can see that in spite of the fact that they were very clever in their wording, the car had not been detailed. The tires look horrible. The car hasn't been waxed. And what Steve had said earlier in the show is that when you take those pictures and you put it on Craigslist, you want to make your car look as good as possible. You want to take plenty of pictures you want to give plenty of details. You want to make sure and give the price, but also very, very important in all advertising is why are you selling the car? If you're an individual and I'm thinking about buying your car, I want to know why you're selling it. And if it's because of my family was enlarged or things like that, those are a lot more legitimate reasons where I can't make the payments. What are they tell me that, that you got a real need to I'm sell this scared car? scared the transmission's going to fall out. That, that's <laughs> well, not that's, one you want to put in there, is it? <laughs> well, if you're trying to sell it fast and you, you know, and cheap enough, I suppose that would be something that, that you might want to put in there. But those are all issues of why are you selling this car is, is a big thing to put in the ad because that gives me information on ways that I get. So, again, I, I wrote this all up at christiancarguy.com, but we got to get on track with Andy uh, he's got MRO with us. This is really cool. Andy, how are you doing out there? Hey guys, welcome back to another segment of on track with Andy. We have got something really special today. As you know, we're, uh, our ministry is on tour. We'll be on tour again this year, doing a pray for your pastor 
uh, campaign and, and utilizing a lot of NASCAR tracks for that. And so today we have Lonnie Klaus with us. Who, uh, Lonnie, you're, you're out there. I believe you're actually at the Charlotte Speedway in your office today. Is that right? I sure am. I'm here at the Charlotte Motor Speedway in the uh, headquarters here for Motor Racing Outreach. Yeah, so so Lonnie is a chaplain with Motor Racing Outreach, and, and we have briefly talked about Motor Racing Outreach before, and, and I'm just going to let Lonnie explain what they do. But be, before I start some questions with you, Lonnie, I'm just going to give our listeners a little background. My, my experience at the track is you know, way different from yours, but I see you and run into you from, from time to time. And I know that you've been around a long time. You've been, if I'm right, at least 10 years with motor racing outreach, but there was a, there was a period of time that you left there to pursue something that God was calling you to do. And from my outside perspective, it looked like a really tough ask, but I just want you to share briefly, first of all, what is motor racing outreach? What do you guys do? And then just jump right into a little bit about how your experience has been and how it's changed over the last couple of years. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, motor racing outreach has been around for about 25 years now. And uh, what we do is our mission is to lead those in the race community to a personal relationship with Jesus Christ and then to see them grow in Christ likeness as we disciple them and then eventually get them involved in local churches so they can come alongside and help us fulfill the Great Commission in the NASCAR community. And so that, in a nutshell, is what we do. The way it looks is we have chaplains that tour with all three major series of NASCAR, uh, the Sprint Cup nationwide and also the Truck Series, and we are there every weekend that they are at a race venue. And so what a chaplain does briefly is we, um, at the end of every driver's meeting, chaplain gets up and closes the driver's meeting in prayer and we announce that chapel will be immediately following and so we will teach for about 20 minutes or so and then have some worship music from there we go out onto the grid and say a prayer with all the drivers before each race and then if they get in an accident we head to the care center we check on them make sure that they're okay and there's nothing we can do for them or their family members and then the ones that uh, don't have a good race, we check on them in the garage and make sure they're okay and encourage them. And those that uh, happen to win that weekend, we'll go to Victory Lane and we will just congratulate uh, them. So we're there all year long from Daytona in February to November in Homestead there to celebrate the highs and lows of their career and of their, of their lives. So that's what we do briefly. And, and, and real quick, too, another component of that is do you still do child care and, and provide kind of a safe environment for the families of these competitors also? We sure do, absolutely. That's a big part of what we do. We're not just there for the drivers, but we're also there for the crew guys, and we're there for the owners, and then we're there for the drivers' wives. And we have a safe haven at about 24 of the race venues that we race at. It's the Motor Racing Outreach Community Center, and we do provide child care uh, there for the children. And it's not, it's not child care as much as it is uh, Bible study uh, for the kids from potty trained all the way up till like about junior high. And we provide opportunities for them to come and learn God's word and to uh, worship while their dads are out on the track racing or turning wrenches on the cars. Okay. So we have a little bit of background about MRO. And so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fast forward th- through the years that you've been there to California a few, a few years ago. Um, you came up to me at a chapel service and said, Hey, you're not going to believe what's happening at chapel today or before chapel and brought that up. And so as I was sitting there in chapel, um, I know that you've been there for, I think at the time it was almost 12 years. And one of the things you, you didn't mention, but one of the things that you've done in the past is lead missions trips with some of the drivers and different personalities within the sport. And during that chapel service, you talked about that and how that had brought in, um, 
really just God calling you to something altogether different. So give us a little bit of that experience and, and what that led into and, and what you ended up doing for a few years there. Sure, absolutely. Uh, I had the privilege, uh, the first stint, I'll call it, with MRO to lead different missions trips uh, throughout the country here in the U.S. and also internationally to, from West Virginia to Jamaica to you name it, uh, just different areas. And uh, one of the trips that I went on happened to be a trip to Mexico to work with a ministry there. And God had just stirred in my heart and in my wife's uh, heart uh, a passion for the orphan. And we just started doing some research and praying and looking, and we didn't realize that there was 164 million orphans in the world today. And I read a book called The Hole in Our Gospel by Richard Stearns. And in that book, he basically just talks about how there's over 50,000 children every day that are dying from preventable poverty-related conditions. And what that basically means is they don't have vaccinations that they need, they don't have fresh drinking water, they're malnourished, things that we take for granted here in the United States of America. And if you do the math, that's over, I believe, 8 million children a year that are needlessly dying. And the reason it hasn't become personal or we don't do enough in the U.S., is uh, is really because it's not personal. If there was a child on our doorstep dying, uh, we would do something about it. And so many of those kids happen to be orphans, and uh, we felt like God was leading us to be a voice for the orphan. Didn't know how that looked, but we started praying about it uh, through a series of long events. And this, we spent over a year praying and looking into it. Uh, we were going to adopt a child from overseas, and God said, no, Lonnie, we're not calling you to adopt one he said, I'm calling you and your family to be a voice for the many. And so that ended up in our family moving down to Monterey, Mexico, and uh, living down there for two years and being an advocate for the orphan and working with a ministry by the name of Back-to-Back Ministries. So we spent two years down there, and it was an amazing, amazing experience. We still partner with them. We're involved with them. Uh, but that's just a brief snapshot of, of what God did uh, in our lives uh, over the past. That has transpired now over the past, uh, it's been a year and a half we've been back from Mexico now. Okay, and so um, I, I think maybe on, on another program we can talk about all the cool things that happened and how you ended up there and even how Lord Lord provided for you to be there. Mm-hmm. But what what is it that brought you back to uh, to come back to MRO? Yeah, that's because a great you question. actually you actually left MRO to go pursue that, mm-hmm. and and moved your family like the whole everything was drastically different, mm-hmm. and then and then what triggered you to come back to the ministry with MRO? Yep, that is a that's a great question. We've been asked that frequently. Uh, one of my main passions is obviously the motorsports community, and I'd invested twelve years into this community, and uh, the community was still asking me questions and wanting me to help disciple them and flying me back to Charlotte to do funerals and, and, and be involved in uh, circumstances like that in their lives. And I realized the impact um, that MRO has in the lives of these men and women. And after we'd served there for two years, it didn't make sense to us, but I felt God relieve us of the call there to Mexico. And he said, Lonnie, I'm calling you back to North Carolina wants you to be back with motor racing outreach involved in the NASCAR community because I'm not finished with you there yet. And so uh, we ended up packing up after two years, moving back here. And people say, well, well, well what about the orphan? You know, what about, how, how can you just drop that? Well, thankfully, since we've been back, uh, we are in the process right now of adopting two kids from the state of North Carolina. Uh, the adoption should be finalized here in the next two months. 
and we are also still very active and will forever be advocates for the orphan. Just two weeks ago, we took a group from the NASCAR community, went down there two back-to-back in Monterey, Mexico, and worked there at the orphanage for a week. And we continue to be God's hands and feet to the orphan, not only domestically, but also abroad. Well, uh, that's fantastic. And I didn't, I didn't know that you were adopting, so congratulations for that. And, um, and so just to just kind of wind down a little bit, you know, there, there are many of us that look at the ministry of MRO, the, the impact that you and Billy and Nick and, and the, the rest of you have there. And, you know, you've mentioned the word community several times. In, the, in that community, and that's, that's a great word, the family, the community of it, I know that you have seen some tremendous spiritual growth through some of the guys, and it's got to be encouraging for you to, to see some of these guys that even on the outside maybe weren't even Christians and now are growing, developing their faith, and with, with some of your input and guidance, being able to share that and expose that to, to the rest of the world that doesn't see inside the fence, so to speak. Just, Lonnie, as we wrap up, is there any ways that our listeners can can pray and to be supportive of your ministry or maybe even individually some of the guys of particular things you, you, you'd like to see them pray to support that? As far as what he's doing in the hearts and lives of these guys, there's quite a few uh, drivers and crew guys and um, owners that are real fired up about their faith right now and what God's doing, and they're being proactive and going out and, and serving others in their communities and uh, we have a weekly Bible study at the racetrack uh, that Nick and I lead, and you can pray for the guys uh, that are involved in that study, along with the shop studies in the different Charlotte areas. We have shop study leaders placed throughout these different race shops um, that God will continue the work which he's begun in these lives, and like you mentioned, Andy, so that um, they can use the platform that God has given them uh, literally throughout the world uh, to make Jesus famous, and, and not just about them, but to proclaim his goodness. So that's probably the, the biggest thing. Great. Well, we, we are out of time, so I'm going to turn it back over to Ralphie, but there will be links on ChristianCarGuy.com to MRO also, so everybody can check it out. So, Lonnie, listen, thanks for joining us, and we will have you back again on, on another segment, but we're going to go back to you, Ralphie. Yeah, and those links are right there, ChristianCarGuy.com. You can check out MRO and what they're doing. But today, why can't I sell my car? you still got time to call in if you're struggling. But the two that I have left to talk about, the first one is poor reconditioning, which Steve did a great job at the beginning of the show of talking about. Them. And one of the main reasons people can't sell their car is they don't get it ready to sell. If One of the first things a good used car dealer does, believe me, is recondition that car. They put tires on it if it needs tires. They fix anything like a flashing check engine light because as people go to look at your car to buy it and the check engine light's flashing at them, they're going to assume the worst. And if you know it's only a $20 repair or a $100 repair, whatever it is, those are things that need to be handled before you go to try to sell your car. So poor reconditioning. And the other thing that I think a lot of people get caught up in, and I got a great picture also at ChristianCarGuy.com, is what I call overselling. You know, I taught people how to sell cars for years. (laughs) And what I taught them is really the least you can say, really the better, because these cars sell themselves. And when you open up your mouth, you just you start messing it up. So uh, overselling is a big problem. And like I say, so many people sell these cars. Well, if you let the car sell themselves, that's part of the answer. Well, we got our appraisal by the Real Black Book coming up. In this last segment of the Christian Car Guy Show, what about connecting the dots? Stay tuned.
just as I hope that you connected some dots in trying to sell your own car today by listening to Christian Car Guy's show, so often there are some dots that can connect it when you're reading the scripture. And I didn't play this song by just some accident today. A bad Moon Rising. I had some of those dots that were connected for me. Actually, on New Year's Day that I'd never really understood before. And when you sit back, you just, you're just in awe of how God has been unveiling this plan throughout eternity. And he, he might be unveiling a plan on how to sell your car for you right today, but what he's doing for your eternal destiny is truly phenomenal. And on New Year's Day, I was just flipping through channels and I came across a show called The Bethlehem Star. And maybe you guys have seen this. It's, it's more than fascinating. This, this uh, man is studying the stars and all these things that, that go into uh, the Bethlehem Star and all that. But he did a little section on the books of uh, the book of Acts, chapter two, that just absolutely took my breath, that I never realized. And what he talked about was, you know, if John uh, Peter on the day of Pentecost, you know the picture, the the tongues of fire came down and landed on everybody's head, and the next thing you know, they started speaking in these strange languages, and the guy started heckling them from the back, saying, "Y'all are drunk." And Peter stands up to address the crowd, and here's what he says to him. When when you think about it, and the guy made a great argument. Why would you say this to a bunch of hecklers unless it had some significance? And so Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice, and said, Men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known. And heed my words, for these are not drunk. As you spoke, this is only nine o'clock in the morning. But what was spoken of the prophet Joel, and it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall see dream dreams. And on my men servants and maidservants, I'll pour out my spirits and they shall prophesy. I'll show wonders in the heaven above, blood and fire and vapors of smoke, which they just saw the fire. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the great and awesome day of the Lord. Well, why would you say that to a bunch of people that were heckling you about being drunk unless these people had all just experienced all this stuff that had gone through Joel was the point that he made. And he went on to show how there was this lunar eclipse that had happened on April 3rd, AD 33. And so when the moon came up the day Jesus was on the cross, it was what they called a blood moon. And so they'd seen the moon, and, and you remember the centurion saying, well, surely this was the sun. A lot of stuff was going on. Yes, there were earthquakes. There was lightnings. And the, the temple, so, so much had happened. And so I've often thought about Peter's sermon led 3,000 people to Christ. Well, part of the reason was these people had all experienced all this stuff. And he started out by saying, listen to what Joel told you several hundred years ago was going to happen. And here's a picture of what has in fact happened. So all these people had come in five weeks after the cross on Pentecost, and they had experienced all these things. Now they see the tongues of fire, and all this begins to connect dots for them so they can begin to see that. And interestingly, I was reading John Owen this week, and he was talking about how Nicodemus had come in, and, and, and Jesus had said, Nicodemus, you know, you got to be born again. And if you remember the, you know, John chapter 3, Nicodemus goes, wait, wait, you can't get back in your mother's womb. How can that happen? And then Jesus kind of got upset at him. He said, what, you're Israel's teacher and you don't know about that you got to be born again? Well, what John Owen's argument was is 
unless there was a passage that clearly taught that in the Old Testament, why would Jesus be mad at Nicodemus about not knowing that? And if so, what is that passage? Well, John Owen went out to point out that it was Ezekiel 36. And when I looked at that, it was like that aha moment again, like, wow, look what God did. And so here's Ezekiel 36, 24. For I will take away from you among the nations, gather you all out of the countries and bring you into your own land. Then I will sprinkle you with clean water and you shall be clean. I'll give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. I will take the heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. I'll put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statues. That's the passage that Nicodemus perhaps should have known. I mean, I thought, aha, look at that. Look how these dots connect. Think about the Holy Spirit working through Nicodemus there. Think how he was working through the people at Pentecost. And now think about, wow, 2014, how can he work in you? Yes, we're hoping we can sell more cars, (laughs) sell our cars and those kind of things. But more importantly, how can you engage the Holy Spirit? Connect some dots this week. Remember, Slow down. Jesus walked everywhere he went and got it all done in 33 years. And thank you so much for listening to the Christian Car Guy Show. You're listening to The Truth Network and truthnetwork.com.